One of my favorite ways to invest is real estate, but not everyone wants to handle tenants and toilets. Enter Fundrise. They make it easy to invest in real estate with their flagship fund. Now, as always, you always have to carefully consider the investment objectives and risks of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. But right now, demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. And the Fundrise flagship fund plans on going on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes with just as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com slash PFP. As always, carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com slash PFP. That's fundrise.com slash PFP. This is a paid advertisement. Spring is a great time of year to do some cleaning around the house and clean up your finances. And something else that you can do for your family this spring is shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius as part of your financial planning for the year. Getting life insurance today means you'll have peace of mind so that if something were to happen to you, your family can cover expenses, things like mortgage payments, credit card payments, car loans, or even college costs. I have a wife and two kids, with a third on the way, by the way, and business partners that all depend depend on my income. So I needed life insurance and Policy Genius made that so incredibly easy. And with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. On this episode of the Personal Finance Podcast, boost your savings by 20% in five easy steps. Welcome to the Personal Finance Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew, founder of MasterMoney.co. And today on the Personal Finance Podcast, we have a money Q&A for you with the first question being boosting your savings rate by 20% in five easy steps. If you guys have any questions, you can hit us up on Instagram, ask your question at MasterMoneyCo, or you can get on the MasterMoney newsletter and respond to that newsletter. And those questions are always prioritized. Listen, if you're getting value out of the Personal Finance Podcast, make sure to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever podcast player you are listening on right now. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that you can catch all of our new episodes. We have two episodes every single week that come out, and all our entire goal is is to bring as much value to you guys as we possibly can. So today, we have three questions that we're going to be able to go through, and I'm really excited about this episode because this is really, really hitting home for me as a lot of people are struggling with these three questions, so I'm excited for you guys to hear this one. The first one is how to boost your savings by 20%, and we're going to talk about this and how you can do it in five easy steps. 
The second one is how to deal with unexpected expenses in your budget. We had somebody ask this question where they are getting expenses coming from left and right, small and big, and they don't know how to deal with all these unexpected expenses every single month, and it feels like it never ends. The third one is how to manage your money in the age of sky-high inflation. So how do you manage your money? What do you do with your dollars? How do you allocate your dollars towards certain things? How do you save enough money so that you can retire in sky-high inflation when prices are rising and income is decreasing? So really excited. Excited to share this episode with you guys. And without further ado, let's get into it. All right. So the next question is, how do I get my savings rate up to a 20% savings rate or more? I am truly struggling with getting my savings rate up. Can you please help me with some actionable tips? So Today, what I'm going to do for this question is I'm going to show you how to boost your savings rate by 20% in five easy steps. Now, if you have not heard me talk about your savings rate, we are talking about your net income. How much of that income are you saving as a percentage? This is an important number that every person listening to this podcast should know what that number is. And if your number is not above 20%, I want you to work on trying to get it above 20%. Now, couple of things to note as a caveat here is we all are in seasonal situations. If you are really struggling paycheck to paycheck and you just do not make enough money, then sometimes you're in a season where you just can't save enough money. The key here, though, is to not get complacent with that season and you want to work towards making sure that you can increase your income so that you can save that 20%. Sometimes you just can't cut back anymore. That's the reality of life. And most people don't realize this and they beat themselves up and they feel guilty. If that's you, then what I want you to do is save as much as you possibly can and increase that amount by 1% every single month. Once you increase it by 1% every single month, do it until it hurts where you cannot save anymore. And that's going to be the maximum amount that you can save during this time frame. And if it's below that 20% frame, then what I want you to do is go and look towards increasing your income so that you can increase your income during that area. So if you know that this is an income problem and not a saving problem, meaning that you're really spending almost $0 in discretionary expenses, then what I want you to do is go through that exercise, see how far you can get. And then from there, you're going to work on your income problem, which is the major factor for a lot of people when they're not saving a lot of money if you're living paycheck to paycheck and you don't make a lot of money. So that's factor number one. But I'm going to give you the five steps here that I would take to evaluate my finances and really deep dive and look into my finances so that I can figure out where am I spending too much? How can I reduce spending in some areas so that I can get that savings rate up to that 5% area? So if you're finding it challenging, this is going to be really, really helpful for you. Step one is to be precise with your budget. So if you don't track you're spending at all. You need a budget. I know you don't want to hear this, but you have to have a budget in place in order to build wealth, especially if you are overspending. If you're overspending, you have to have a budget. There's two budgets we talk about here on the Personal Finance Podcast. Number one is the reverse budget, where you save off the top, In this case, if it's 20%, you're saving 20% of that net income, and then you're spending what is left over. Now, for some people, if you're new to this, you got to make sure that you know how much you're going to be spending. Otherwise, you're not going to leave enough left over for your spending. Then you're going to have to dip into your savings. It's going to be a whole ordeal. So make sure you run some numbers before you do that. But once you do it, it's an easy way where you don't have to do a line by line in a budget. I know how most of you are. You don't want to do a budget. but So that's the easiest way if you don't want to do a budget. Now, if you want to be more precise and you want to maximize every single dollar, a budget is the best way to do that. I budget still. A budget is 
what I think everybody should be doing as a line by line on budget. The reason why we have the reverse budget available for people is so that you can at least track your spending in some way, shape or form. But if you're not doing a line by line item budget, here's how it works. I use a tool called YNAB. And what I do is I make sure that I am to the exact dollar every month so that I can maximize my dollars and put them towards the things that bring me value. Because this is really just allocating your dollars towards your values. This is actually very freeing where most people think a budget is constricting. It's actually very freeing once you start to get the hang of this. So being precise with your budget is number one. And what I want you to do is if you must round your budget, maybe you're doing a reverse budget, you must round, then I want you to round your income down and I want you to round your expenses up. What this does is it creates a natural buffer between your income and expenses so that you can stay within your budget. Now, step two, we are going to identify spending patterns. How do you do that? What I want you to do is I want you to analyze your last three months of bank statements, go into your bank statements, dig through there, and you're going to analyze your spending patterns for the last three months. Now, one way you can do this is with a tool like Rocket Money. Rocket Money, this is not sponsored, but Rocket Money is a tool that I like to use in order to go and look at my spending habits, look at my bills that are available. And then if you're using YNAB, you can go back on your historic YNAB and see your spending habits there also. Now, here's what I would focus on, though. Focus on the months where you don't spend a lot or the month that you spend the least and see how you can replicate that month. What happened during that month? Were there just no surprises and that's why you spent the least? Or were you really actually being conscious with your spending and looking towards where every single dollar should be going? Then I want you to focus on the months where you spent the most. What happened during that month? Did you spend too much because you had unexpected expenses, which we're gonna be talking about in this episode also? Did you spend too much because you had a vacation? Did you spend too much because you just blew money, you didn't even think about it, you were just buying stuff, shopping online, doing all these extra things? What happened during that month? Analyze that spending and then see if you can actually start focusing on your lower spending month. Now, if your lower spending month was still not good enough to save 20%, then we need to look at why, especially if your income is high enough, because we know a large portion of six-figure earners are still living paycheck to paycheck. And we're trying to eliminate that for a lot of you who are six-figure earners so that you can get to that 20% savings rate. Now, step three is you're going to understand your payment methods. So if you find a month where you spend more than you make, investigate how you cover those expenses. Because if you spend more money than you make, how are you covering that? Are you dipping into your savings account? Are you using a credit card and you're falling a little bit behind? on your credit card bill. How are you doing this to actually catch up? Because what people will notice is all of a sudden their savings account starts to dwindle down slowly. Maybe you save ten dollars to $15,000 in a savings account for a buffer or emergency fund, and you're noticing that it's starting to go down because you have to cover for your overspending that you have every month. So I want you to evaluate this and see, am I spending too much in this area? What can I do to make the adjustment? Now, step four is you want to prioritize savings. So by utilizing something like the reverse budget, you could prioritize savings off the top. So I want you to save money first when it comes in, then spend what is left over. This is the classic Warren Buffett budgeting method, which is why we call it the reverse budget. But Warren Buffett says you always must save first, then spend what is left over. This is incredibly important. Now, I've done this on TikTok before, and someone on TikTok has said, yeah, I'll just not pay my bills and I'll save my money. That's not what I mean. What I mean by this is you are going to save the amount that you want to save off the top and then spend what is left over, and maybe your discretionary spending goes down a little bit. You're eating out money, your money to go out to the movies, your money to go out to the bars. All these different things may just be reduced a little bit because you are reducing that discretionary spending. Now, if 
you don't have a lot of discretionary spending, then you have that income problem that we're talking about. So it's one or the other. Now, one other thing I want you to look at here is when you are looking at some of these bills, a big, big culprit for a lot of people is their car payment. Now, is your car payment the big culprit for you? A lot of people in America now, these car payments are rising close to $1,000 per month. And you can see people on social media, car dealerships trying to normalize a $1,000 car payment. I'm going to tell you right now, if you have a $1,000 car payment, it is very difficult to build wealth unless your income is extremely high and it matches that car payment. If you haven't heard our rules about car buying, we have an episode on that. We can link it up down below also. But if you want to be financially independent, you don't want to be spending more than 20% of your income in a one-year income time frame on a car. If you want to be less conservative, you want to work for a longer period of time, then you can go all the way up to 35%. But this is kind of the range where you don't want to be making these massive car payments. You do not want to do that for a number of different reasons. And this is one of them. Now, after you do all of these things, you go and analyze your finances, you have your bank statements available. So you know how much is left over that you can start to spend. Once you have that available to you, I want you to establish a realistic baseline. I don't want you to get way overconfident, super excited, but then you can't hit this baseline anymore. If it's 15%, then what we're going to do is we're going to work our way from 15% on how we can increase that. But you got to start with 15%, save that 15%. And how can we get that extra 5% squeezed out by increasing income, maybe picking up a side hustle, maybe doing some other things like negotiating our salary at our job. What can we do? That's what we need to focus on next in our personal finance journey is we need to figure out how can we get that 5% gap there? If it's 10%, how can we increase that 10% gap so that we can get to the point where we're saving 20% and then more 20% and beyond. If you're in your 20s, 20% is okay. If you're in your 30s, I want you to get up to that 25% range. The reason for this is you want to accelerate your path to wealth to financial independence. And if you want to be financially independent or fire within 20 years or less, I want you to get to 50%. Now, 50% may sound insane to a lot of people, but the math shows if you want to retire in 18 years, you have to save 50% of your income to be able to do that. So run the math, learn how this works so that you can get to the point where you are financially independent as fast as you possibly can be. Now, Once you have this realistic baseline, you're just going to work to increase that so that you can get to the point where you are saving enough money. Now, you can really transform your finances just by doing these five steps if you've never done this before. And so I want you to learn how to do this and maybe do this audit every time you feel like your finances are getting a little out of control or spiraling out of control. If you budget daily for one to two minutes a day, it's really, really easy to do it that way. It's the same thing where if you think about somebody who has to weed their garden, If you weed your garden every six months, you are going to have hours and hours and hours of work to do by pulling those weeds. But the person who just goes out and pulls the weeds that show up once a day, it takes them one minute a day to pull those weeds. So save yourself hours and hours and hours by just budgeting a little bit daily. One, two, three transactions, however many transactions you have per day, it'll save you so much time. And so that's why we do that. I talk about it in my daily routine episode that we had late last year. So I want you to check that out. If you haven't seen that episode, I talk about my daily money routines. So we also did that in the Master Money newsletter as well. So if you're not subscribed to the newsletter, make sure you are because I talk about my daily routines in that newsletter. And in addition, we also will update those routines as I change my routine. So that's how I would look at it. Those are the steps I would take. I would go through those five steps so that you can increase that savings rate. I'm having... We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
And if you need to hire, you need Indeed, because Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. And they have a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash personal finance. Just go to Indeed.com slash personal finance right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash personal finance. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. One of the hardest things about managing your money is figuring out where it's all going. And most of us are trying to save for several goals at once, which can feel like a daunting task to see if you're on track or even on pace to accomplishing your goals. But there is a tool that makes it so much easier, and it's called Monarch Money. They help you track your money flow without taking a ton of time and energy. And Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. And you can invite them with an extra account with their own login at no extra cost to collaborate with you. And Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can create custom budgets, set notifications, and you can set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications. And after trying Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com PFP. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash PFP for your extended 30-day free trial. Now is a great time of year to get your finances in order. And no matter what your financial goals are this year, when you use Chime's online checking account, you can cross all those financial to-dos off your list. Chime's online checking account has tons of benefits that millions of members love, like fee-fee overdraft up to $200. Plus, get paid up to two days early with direct deposit, all while managing your money on the go 24-7. And you get access to over 60,000 ATMs. So start building your credit and open a Chime checking account with at least $200 qualifying direct deposit to get started. Get started at Chime.com PFP. That's Chime.com PFP. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank, NA, or Stride Bank, NA, members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. The key to winning in any business is making sure you have the right business partner. An example is Procter & Gamble or Ben & Jerry. But what about the perfect partners when it comes to growing your business? That's you and Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to, did we just hit a million dollars stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. And most people know one of your biggest struggles when it comes to starting an online business is finding new customers and Shopify can help you do that. And what I love about Shopify is no matter how big you wanna grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PFP, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash PFP now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash PFP. 
a major problem with my finances and I don't know how to deal with unexpected expenses in my budget. I feel like we are getting killed by death of a thousand cuts. So this question is one that I personally relate to so much. So I understand how you're feeling here because even now this still happens to me where I have to deal with unexpected expenses in my budget. Let me give you some examples here. So just in the last two months alone, I've had a surprise vet bill of $700. I had a surprise doctor bill from my kids that was like way delayed in the billing cycle that they just forgot to bill us for $500. I had a bill where I had to redo a bunch of landscaping in my yard that was unexpected. We kind of were planning part of it out, but there were some additional things that we had to do, which increased the amount to almost $1,000. We had my wife's rear brake pads needed to be replaced unexpectedly. That was another $800. And so the list goes on and on and on. But then we also had a bunch of little unexpected expenses that came into the budget that also were just small things that add up over time. So I know how you feel when it comes to this stuff. This is always ongoing and happening, especially if you have kids in the picture or you have other people in your family, stuff's just going to happen over and over and over again. So How do you deal with these unexpected expenses? There's going to be a number of things I'm going to go through here. And a lot of this is why when we talk about budgeting, we talk about you have to roll with the punches. You're going to get hit with punches all the time. And what you have to do is figure out how to roll with those punches. When a boxer is boxing, they have to roll with the punches to lessen the impact. And so you have to do the same exact thing when it comes to your budget. This is a very important thing that it takes practice and it takes timing. But if you have a budget, that is the best way to start. So if you don't have a budget and you are trying to deal with unexpected expenses, it's going to be very, very difficult to deal with those unexpected expenses. So the first one is you're going to become flexible when it comes to your budget. So you're going to roll with those punches. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is if you have a line by line item budget, what I want you to do is if they're spending in a certain area of your budget that you have over allocated dollars for, meaning say, for example, you allocate $300 a month for gas. And in one month you started working from home. And so your gas bill went down to $100 per month where you're not driving as much from A to B. So you have an extra $200 in your budget there. And say, for example, you get a vet bill of $300, but you only put $100 per month into the vet category. You're going to roll that $200 for gas into the vet category. So you're going to roll with the punches. Nobody ever has a perfect month budgeting. You're never going to find anybody that has a perfect month. So this is something you have to do when you budget. You don't just give up and quit when your budget blows up like this. Instead, you roll with the punches. So you got to embrace the art of flexibility and roll with those punches. Step two is I want you to add a line item in your budget or a cash buffer is also made to do this. This is why we talk about the cash buffer of stuff I forgot line item. So this is I do this in my own budget. There's a stuff I forgot to budget for in my budget that I just throw cash in there when I have extra dollars. Why is this important? Because every time a category is underutilized, I'll take some of those extra dollars, roll them into this category. And the purpose of this is that when these unexpected expenses come up, I have a little extra cash, a buffer there that's going to allow me to do that. Also, if you follow step one in the stairway to wealth, you have that cash buffer sitting in your standard savings account. Then what's going to happen is you can also use that money if you don't have this line item yet laid out. This is just part of your wealth protection plan, protecting your money before when these things come up. So this is very hard to save for if these are happening at the same time. So if you're just getting started and these 
these expenses are just getting thrown at you left and right. It's hard to put dollars in there. So you got to work on this over the course of a few months. It's not going to happen in one month or two months. You're going to have to work on this over a longer period of time. And slowly you'll start to see this category start to build up over time as you have months with less unexpected expenses. So that's the second thing I would do is add this extra line item, the stuff I forgot line item, so that you can protect yourself from some of these things happen. It's not going to solve all your problems. Your emergency fund is there for that. Your cash buffer is also there for that, but it's going to solve some of the problems that may come up, especially the longer the time period that you have where you're building this up, then it's going to solve all of these problems. And then you don't have to worry about it because you got a system in place where it's just running and humming on its own. So the stuff I forgot line item is one we haven't talked about in this podcast yet, but I've been utilizing it for years and it really does help me when this happens all the time. Now, as you go through this, I want you to do quarterly checkups and I want you to print out your bank statements or look at your bank statements, put it on your iPad and take your Apple pencil, highlight it, whatever you want to do and go through all the surprise expenses that you've had in the last couple of months. Because what you're reviewing here is all the expenses that just were not planned for. So if you go through three months, maybe six months, if you want to be really, really thorough, go through those months, see how much it was in total because that may be the amount that you want to add to the stuff I forgot budget line item. And if you can't afford that amount, then maybe make some adjustments on some other line items. Now, if you see something reoccurring over and over and over again, maybe your medical bills, maybe you have to take your kids to the doctor pretty frequently because it was sick season and you're paying all these copays and just happening over and over and over again, then maybe you just kind of figure out what that total is and put it into an entire year. And then you just put that as a new budget line item. Sometimes things that are happening unexpectedly happen over and over again, and they need to be a budget line item. And this would be a reason to do this. So as you hear me talk about this, this is why the budget's so important because you can make adjustments as you go through this. I know nobody wants to hear about budgeting, but this is how you make adjustments with your money is inside of that budget. So it's a very, very important to have that so you can make these adjustments. If you don't have one, all that's going to happen here is you're going to have to worry about what the heck's going on. I don't know where these expenses are coming from. I don't know what is happening. So this is very important to look at this. Now, you can also use rocket money. If you use rocket money before, it is a way that tracks what your upcoming expenses are, and you can see some of those recurring expenses in there as well. Now, the next thing I want you to do is look at seasonal surprises. So sometimes when it comes to your money, there are seasonal surprises. Maybe there's a season where your entire family has birthdays month after month after month. Birthday parties now, newsflash, are really expensive for kids. I don't know when we got so bougie with birthday parties, but now they're like, I don't know, every time we have to have a bounce house, we have to have 25 different things. I don't know what happened here. But for example, if that happens to you and you have these surprise birthday parties all the time, you got to worry about all the birthday party stuff. You got to worry about the additional expenses that you have when it comes to presents for your kids. You have to worry about all these other things that happen and they come up and it seems like the cake is $100 every time and it's you could tell I'm having a pay point. I'm just venting to you guys. But anyways, this is one where if you have seasonally surprise items, obviously Christmas is the biggest one, then you want to make sure that you are planning for those ahead of time, 12 months out. So like what I do for Christmas, for example, is in January, we start to save a little bit of money every single month for Christmas. So I see how much did I spend on Christmas last year, divide that number by 12 and every month I save for that because that is a true expense that is going to come up. And so you have to save for it like it's a bill. I want you to plan for those seasonal expenses just like that. And like I said, you have to give yourself some time as you build this out. This is not going to happen instantaneously. So time is very important when you're building this out. It's not going to be perfect. Maybe next month you get a little better. And then the month after that, you get a little better than that. And so as you're going to see is this gradual progress is going to be really helpful. Personal finance is not a rip the bandaid off type of thing. And you see me talk about this, especially when you're saving more money or trying to increase the amount that you're saving. This is not a rip the entire bandaid off because 
most people will quit when they do that. Instead, this is a gradual thing where you're getting a little bit better. Maybe your savings is dwindling down a little less because you have all these protection plans that you are putting in to place. And then obviously the most important thing when you do this is having an emergency fund. Emergency fund is imperative if you are trying to build wealth. It protects your money and protects your wealth building ability, protects your future retirement dollars, all of these different things. So making sure that you have three to six months expenses. And if you are a wealth builder, I want you to have six month expenses saved up in your emergency fund and or more. Having that cash is security. Cash is security. I know it gets reduced in value over time based on inflation. We all know that, but we can put it in some places where we get a rate of return that at least is going to be helpful because you have to have it in cash so that if something happens in the market, if you invest those dollars and the market gets cut in half, your emergency fund gets cut in half at the time you need it most. So I don't want you to be investing those emergency fund dollars. So listen, these are some of the things that you can do when you have all of these unexpected expenses in your budget. I know how you feel. I know how painful this can be and I know how frustrating it can be because sometimes when you are living paycheck to paycheck, and I remember this when I was living paycheck to paycheck when I first got my money together. When you are living paycheck to paycheck, you just want to scream every time these unexpected expenses come up and they seem like they never, ever end. So putting some of this stuff into place, getting some protection into place. And if you're truly paycheck to paycheck, you don't have those extra dollars, do whatever you can to start to build up a little bit of a cash cushion so that you can take care of this stuff. Emergency funds are the way to do that. They're going to be the way that helps you the most, but at least get a cash buffer in place. One, two, three thousand dollars so that you can cover any unexpected expense that comes up and cover it with your deductibles and your insurance and all those different things. So this is very, very important to understand when it comes to fixing that. I know how hard that is, but keep pushing on. And I promise you, if you give it some time and you follow some of these steps we just talked about, I promise you, you'll be able to cover some of those unexpected expenses. Because now when they happen to me, there's no stress. There's no worry. The money's just there. And there's power in having the money there. And these steps are going to help you do that. All right. So the third question is, how do you manage your money in the age of sky high inflation? So obviously, this is a very broad question, but I'm going to give you the best tips on how to do this. Now, low key, this episode is turning into a budgeting episode without having the word budgeting in the title. But it's this is all these types of things. When your money gets tight and it gets tough, the budget brings freedom into your life. And so I want you to understand that because building wealth and bringing that freedom into your life reduces your stress and it reduces your anxiety, especially in times like this when inflation is sky high. Listen, every time I go to the grocery store, I feel like I get sticker shocked because inflation is so high. So I want you to understand that we're all going through this. Even people who are good with money, we're all going through this sky high inflation. And it's one of those things that if you're living paycheck to paycheck, I know how hard that can be. I know how hard it can be. Prices are rising, but your wages are not rising. What do you do? It is very, very difficult to deal with this situation. So budgets are the key to having this. Even if your budget is something where you're still spending more than you make because you're trying to catch up and you're living that paycheck to paycheck. And it feels like what is the point of all of this and having this budget is still important to have that. Why? Because you're getting closer and closer and closer to getting to break even. And then once you get positive and you actually grow that gap between your income and your expenses, that is where wealth is built. So I want you to keep pushing forward. I understand how hard it can be to actually have to fight through some of this stuff. Now, the first thing I want you to do is adjust your expectations because too many people think that with inflation skyrocketing, you're still going to be able to do all the things 
that they want to do with their wealth building ability. And sometimes you just have to adjust your expectations, not beat yourself up, not freak out and stress out about this stuff. There are seasons of time where we just cannot save as much money. And Nick Majuli actually lays this out beautifully in his book, Just Keep Buying, about the seasonality of your savings rate. And having that percentage of savings rate, he argues, is not the best option for a lot of people, whereas we argue it because I want you to have a target goal to achieve. I want you to go after that 20 to 25% savings rate so that you have that target goal so that you know what to go after. But in reality, not everybody can get to that goal during certain seasons. So I want you to be able to adjust those expectations and you may have to cut back on some luxuries in order to adjust for some of these price changes. So that is the first thing I want you to think about. Now, number two is I want you to keep your budget flexible. Now, we talked about this with some of the other questions today, but I want you to keep it flexible. I want you to roll with the punches and make sure that you keep the big items flexible. So if you have some extra dollars with specific budget line items, I want you to roll some of those over to items that are struggling, and this will help you adapt to some price changes. The big price changes are going to be things like your groceries, for example. That's the one that people struggle with all the time. So I want you to be a little more price conscious when it comes to adjusting those budget levels, because maybe you opt to buy cheaper items. You go generic instead of the name brand. You save a couple of dollars here and there across your grocery budget. and All of a sudden you're saving $50 per week, which is $200 per month, which helps you adjust to those inflation pricing areas. For example, my wife and I, we shop at Aldi to reduce some of the cost that comes into play when you are shopping for groceries. So that is one tip that you could do. You could do meal prepping. All those types of things are going to help you keep your budget nimble when it comes to that type of thing. Now, cutting back on non-essential expenses may be something that you want to do. Now, we've talked about cutting back on expenses before, and I'm going to give you an example here that's going to help you when it comes to cutting back expenses. What I don't want you to do is if you're spending $700 per month on eating out and you want to get that number down to $300 per month, then I do not want you to just cut $400 per month out of your budget immediately to get down to that $300. Now, if you can do it, more power to you if you're that motivated, but most people are not motivated in this way. So instead, I want you to gradually reduce your spending over the course of six months, for example. So If you are trying to reduce your eating out budget by $400 over the course of six months, I want you to maybe the first month you reduce it by $50. Maybe the second month you reduce it by $100. Maybe the third month you reduce it by another $50. Maybe the fourth month, then you reduce it by another $100. And so this gradual reduction over time allows it to hurt much less and you kind of get used to the new lifestyle and you can settle in. Then the next month you reduce a little more Then you settle in. Next month you reduce a little more. And it reduces the pain point of just ripping the Band-Aid off. Now, more power to you if you can do it and rip the Band-Aid off, but most people cannot do that. So when you want to cut back on non-essential items that really are something that really are going to help you significantly, then gradually doing it over time is the better option for a lot of people. Now, the next thing I want you to do is think through... As in times of high inflation, sometimes it can erode away your savings. So if you had an emergency fund for like the last 10 years and you really haven't had to touch it at all, you may want to start to beef up that a little bit more because the buying power of your dollars is going to be reduced. For example, the last couple of years, we've had inflation for 10% the last couple of years in a row. And so maybe your buying power has been reduced by 20%. And say if you have $50,000 saved up in your emergency fund, for example, maybe you want to beef that up another 10 so that you can keep up with that inflation rate. If you 
have not gotten any rate of return on that rate. So if you have not gotten any rate of return when it comes to that money, that's why it's so important to keep your emergency fund in a high yield savings account so that you get some sort of interest payment back to you. And interest rates are obviously rising at the time of recording this. It's a great time to look at that when you are saving up your money. And then another thing to do is during high inflation times, you want to pay off any high interest debt because interest rates are going to rise during those times. So you want to get rid of any high interest debt. So credit card debt, student loan debt that's above 6%, any debt that's way above 6%, you want to make sure that you are reducing that amount so that you can actually get to the point where you are completely high interest debt free. We want you high interest debt free, low interest debt. If you have a mortgage for two or 3%, I could care less if you keep that mortgage. Why? Because you're better off investing those dollars into something like an index fund where you get an eight to 10% rate of return. The math is just better to invest those dollars. Now, another key is during high inflation times, managing money, you want to be investing your dollars. Now we've talked about this before, but investing your dollars to outpace inflation is how you outpace inflation. So if you have a bunch of money outside of your emergency fund and you have this discretionary income, the last thing you want to do is be stuck that money in a mattress like a drug dealer. Instead, you want to take those dollars, invest them so that they can outpace inflation. This is why we invest in index funds and ETFs. This is why we invest in real estate. This is why we buy boring businesses. This is why we look for cash flow because we want to outpace inflation. This is the number one reason why you need to invest your money. If you don't invest your money, you will not retire. I'm telling you this right now. So it's very, very important to make sure that you get ahead of this as you go through this. Now, another thing I want you to do is look to leverage technology. So Rocket Money is a great one, which used to be Truebill, not sponsored, just like them. Personal Capital is another great one. YNAB is what I budget with. I use Y, and people always say, how do you pronounce that? It's Y-N-A-B. It stands for you need a budget. So those are some of the great tools and technology that you can use to track your money, get alerts when you're overspending in certain areas so that you can make sure that you're on top of this stuff. You got to dial it down a little bit when it's high inflation times. The same thing if it's a looming recession or any of those things. You got to make sure that you are really dialing it in when it comes to understanding where your dollars are going. So the high level is making sure you're reducing spending on discretionary items that don't truly bring you value if you're overspending somewhere. If you're getting too many Amazon boxes at your front door, maybe you want to cut that back a little bit. Talking to myself. Number three, if you are not investing any of your dollars, you need to be investing your dollars to outpace inflation. Number four, if you don't have an emergency fund and it's not in a high yield savings account, it needs to be in that high yield savings account so that you get some sort of rate of return when it comes to that. My favorite high yield savings accounts are CIT Bank, link down below. Ally Bank is the other one, which I will also link down below. And then just making sure you're thinking through your financial choices and you're thinking through the repercussions of those financial decisions as you go through this process. Listen, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I truly appreciate each and every single one of you. If you guys have any questions, you want to leave a question for Money Q&A, uh, you can hit us up on Instagram at Master Money Co. And you can also hit me up on Twitter at Master Money Co. Or... If you get on the Master Money Newsletter, these are the questions we prioritize is if you're on the Master Money Newsletter, which is always linked up in the uh, the show notes below, and you respond to the newsletter with a question, I will always, always prioritize those questions to get on the show. So if you want your question on the show, respond in the Master Money Newsletter, and we will prioritize those questions so that you can get your question answered. I truly appreciate each and every single one of you. All we want to do with this show is bring you as much value as possible so that you can learn how to build generational wealth for you and your family. We want to make at least a million millionaires who listen to this show. So thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you on the next episode.
everyone's heard the saying, you have to spend money to make money. But everything in life, from travel to starting a business, is expensive. Which is why I want to tell you about a new podcast I love that will teach you all the tactics, tricks, and tips you need to upgrade your life, money, and even travel, all while spending less and saving more. It's called All the Hacks, and it's a top-ranked show hosted by my good friend Chris Hutchins, a financial optimizer, an entrepreneur who's racked up millions of points, and he sold two companies. And if you want to rethink the way you're spending money, you have to check out the episode 91 with Bill Perkins and why you should be optimizing for net fulfillment and not net worth and striving to die with zero. All the Hacks has something for everyone, and I'm sure you'll find a new tactic that you can apply to your own life, whether it's a money hack that increases your net worth or a routine change that boosts your productivity. So check out All the Hacks. That's All the Hacks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your wallet will thank you later.